everyone! Welcome to this bonus episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Trowski. I'm Kevin Daly. And I'm Charlie McMullen, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> hey, whatever gets you through the day, once again, we are in a cyberpunk dystopia. <laughs> we are continuing our journey through a cyberpunk dystopia in Escape from L.A., 1996, directed by John Carpenter. Welcome to the theater. For everyone's enjoyment, we'd like to remind you of the following rules. No talking. No smoking. No littering. No red meat. No freedom of religion. And remember, all marriages must be approved by the Department of Health. Failure to obey these rules will result in immediate loss of citizenship and deportation to the island of Los Angeles. Enjoy the show. Your rules are really beginning to annoy me. We ran a psycho profile on him using a database of five million sociopathic personalities. He hit the bottom of the curve. Catches on quick, doesn't she? This town loves a winner. Let's say we play a little. Bangkok rules. Nobody draws until this hits the ground. You ready? Draw. You got a problem with that? Which once again feels a little too close to reality. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe even more maybe even more so than the last one. Because it's not a prison this time. It's just uh there's a it's a religious fucking dystopia. It's yeah. just kind of a societal dumping ground. Somehow things have become worse since New York. I don't know how that's possible. It's like if, if Reddit were a physical place. <laughs> well, yeah, fair enough. The opening narration is a lot more because they go into the fact that uh, the city of Los Angeles is ravaged by crime and immorality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so you get this uh, televangelist that's running for president that's like, God will destroy Los Angeles! And sure enough, an earthquake strikes and just played by Cliff Robertson just going completely banana shit. Oh yeah. Oh, he's so good. He ah, he's so uh, ugh. The, the, and it makes it worse is like a guy like that totally could get elected. Yeah, and yeah, so he's basically Ted Haggard. He feels real. That's I mean props to him for that performance, but uh So he uh he's the newly elected president, takes a lifetime oath of office, uh moves Yeah, to because capital. everyone was like everyone's like he's a prophet, amend the constitution, lifetime and the thing is, this country, people in this country are probably dumb enough to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, this was before anyone even knew there was a George W. Bush outside of Texas. And uh, he moves the, the capital from D.C. to Lynchburg, Virginia, and he makes Wait. the island of Los Angeles the deportation for all persons deemed unfit to live in the new moral America. Now, uh, California having been severed from the United States during uh, an earthquake in 1998. Yep. <laughs> just, just the Los Angeles area. Area from like northern Orange County up to Malibu. Right. Well, it includes some of central Orange County because there's a bit of Anaheim. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, the geography is not perfect. Like, the, that's the what San they Andreas say, Fault was basically notebook perforation. 
<laughs> and it just got pulled off into the sea. It makes a convenient set piece. Yeah, so it's not just, like, criminals that are sent to Los Angeles. It's anybody that has sinned. Like, yeah, sex a- outside atheists. of marriage? Fuck you, Los Angeles. Atheists, Muslims, Jews, uh, fucking homosexuals, Pathizers. Yeah, homosexuals. Just anybody who doesn't fit, like, in a super fundamentalist Christian society. Uh, people who do mouth stuff. That's <laughs> right, butt stuff. Oh, yeah. Definitely oh, must. butt stuff is that to get you right to Los Angeles. Gay or straight, butt stuff. Um, straight to Los Angeles. Somebody People who learned. engage in both sodomy and gomorrah <laughs> Whatever yeah. that is, I don't even know what that means. It's probably sticky, though. Yeah. yeah poor Gomorrah gets the short end of the Sodom and Gomorrah stick, stick, right? Like, Sodom, still respected in these days. <laughs> Gomorrah, yeah. not so much. Oh, that's t- it's just docking, is what it is. The chode end of the <laughs> stick, as it were. <laughs> Gomorrah's just docking. <laughs> All right, there we go. Good night, everyone. Yep. <laughs> So the most notorious outlaw in the world is arriving at Los Angeles, Snake Plissken, who's been convicted of 27 moral crimes, probably including butt stuff. (laughs) Most likely butt stuff. Now, at the beginning of the movie, there is a monologue by uh, Stacey Keach where he is going over uh, the rules of New America, where he's like, no swearing, no red meat. He sounds like there is so much fucking just rage bubbling just under the surface. And I love oh. that, because he gives that monologue. He's like, no smoking, no cussing. Yep. And Snake just goes, land of the free, huh? <laughs> land of the free. <laughs> you, you can tell Stacey Keach has had enough of the president shit in this movie, too. Like, that character is just like... So, Snake was most recently caught gunfighting for profit, which sounds yeah. like an yeah. amazing career. Yeah, that sounds like some Han Solo shit. In Bangkok, which is now a U.S. territory. Yeah, that they renamed New Vegas. New Vegas. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they need Pliskin for a rescue mission. Yeah, this is, again, uh, John Carpenter looking for a different version of the same thing. Instead of a bomb in Snake, it is a virus that somebody just uh, whips across his hand with a little scratch kind of thimble thing. Yeah, yeah, now they're genetically engineering viruses. Once again, maybe a little too... Uh, yeah, pre- <laughs> look too- at this crazy sci-fi mumbo-jumbo. A little too prescient there, John. <laughs> they also, um, like, when they're going through the uh, entry point here, there's this, you have the option to repent for your sins and be electrocuted on the premise. And people do it with gigantic smiles on their faces. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anarchist L.A. would be much better than living in the country. I might just take the electric chair option. <laughs> so what they needed for is the president's daughter, foolishly named Utopia... Played by A.J. Langer from uh, My So-Called Life, who is now a a countess, by the way. Married the 19th count of something or other. She She is. A.J. Langer is a a countess? Yes. Wow. Nice. She retired retired from acting and made... uh, And married this dude. Let me look up exactly what his name is. Yeah, why the hell not? I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. retired from acting and did a cookbook. She married a fucking count. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Charles Courtney, 19th Earl of Devon. So she, she is now Earl. count. She is now Countess of Devon. Huh. Right. But she has two children, a daughter and a son, Lady Jocelyn Sky Courtney and Jack Hayden Langer Courtney, Lord Courtney. <laughs> 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 fucking, ama- fucking amazing. 
Utopia's costume in the scene, like, because they show Snake this, like, all-encompassing 360 video, and it's the president's daughter hijacking Air Force One, so she's, like, kind of dressed like Jackie Onassis holding a machine gun, and she's got, like, jangled coke energy talking directly to the camera. That's right. I've seen, I've seen that costume at a lot of comic book shows. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just like the Jackie O. Marge Simpson outlet mall dress and a machine gun. <laughs> I'm like, I, you Utopia? Yep. I am going to just get this out of the way now. The CGI in this movie is awful. Oh, yes. It's terrible. But it's like oh, yeah. six. Just gonna, just gonna push that out there. The rest of the movie is great. The CGI is terrible. Terrible CGI. Way to see the fucking wave. <laughs> the wave might be the best effect in the movie, ironically. Which is, I mean, it's a diminishing return. <laughs> yes. It's a low bar. It's a very yeah. low bar. But she has fallen under the the sway of Cuervo Jones, the Peruvian terrorist. Basically Che Guevara. Yes. Yeah. Dresses like him and everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's joined him and they're, they've got this secret weapon that we don't find out about yet at first. And so Pliskin's job is to uh, get this weapon and and kill his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the only thing they want him to come back with is this this The Doomsday Code, yeah. they're, they're calling it. Yeah. And um, he's like, sad story. You gotta smoke. And that's when Stacey Keach gives that money. Analog. But no smoking. Country. The United States is a non-smoking nation. He tries to kill them once they find he finds out he's been injected with this virus. But oh no, he's talking to holograms. Holograms the whole time. Damn important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, and that was that was before Michael Jackson was resurrected in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like Tupac a, and the. So much of this shit is ahead of its time. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And so they they also give him a badass leather jacket. Hell yes, they give him the <laughs> sickest threads. Totally vibing it. And they give so him. When this came out in '96. I remember seeing some like behind the scenes, uh, 15 minute thing on HBO, and apparently a lot, like parts of the costume from this one were the same as the costume from Escape from New York. Ah, like literally the same exact ones. Pretty awesome. I was just like, well, good for Kurt Russell at his age, because he was he was pushing 40 in '96. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give let's give Kurt some credit. He still looks pretty good. He is uh, he is real life Dudley Do Right. I mean, he was in uh, he was in Guardians too, and he looked uh, looked great. He did look good. Um, but this was a good comeback movie for him because you know it's hard to come back from something like Captain Ron. But you know he managed. Yeah, I think Kurt Russell probably has that thought every few years, and probably will for the rest of his life. Like every couple of years, he's got to be like. God damn it! I want to be a John Carpenter protagonist. That was fun. Yeah. Well, he's getting he's getting work in the Fast movies now. The Fast Furious movies. Kind of got the same. Those got those got fun vibes to them. Yeah. Those movies are all about family, and that I only think about them during the holidays. <laughs> or when we do podcasts about them. <laughs> yeah, we're doing too fast, too furious soon enough. Soon, TM. But so he uh, takes a mini nuclear sub into Los Angeles, comes up on a beach, and meets Peter Fonda. Meanwhile, almost gets eaten by the Jaws shark from Universal Studios, which is underwater. Yes. And they, they never really explain how an elderly surfer managed to survive all these years off the grid and not get killed by the like anarchy that's happening f- 10 feet um, from him basically also apparently Brecken Meyer is one of the surfers that's the second week in a row we've seen Brecken Meyer oh already. yeah because we had Brecken Meyer and Josie and the Pussycats he's in Josie and the Pussycats too. damn Brecken yeah. gets around yep yeah. and then um so yeah Peter Fonda 
is the, the fucking surfer, which caught me off guard because it was like, Peter Fonda? thought he was a respected actor. What's he doing <laughs> yeah. playing fucking <laughs> surfer here? I remember because I, I, in 96, I didn't have much of a familiarity with Peter Fonda. I remember uh, telling my dad about this movie. <laughs> And his reaction to Peter Fonda being in it, he's like, wait, what? Yeah. So I saw it with my dad. My dad thought it was funny that Peter Fonda was playing the server. So. Um, I guess was it's like a, a... He asked me, was he on a motorcycle? I said, no, why? He goes, eh, never mind. Yeah, it's a callback <laughs> to, to Easy Rider. Yeah. But anyway, he, he based Peter Fonda's there to right now to just say, oh, yeah, the, the Hollywood Bowl is that way. Well, and, and just to be like, I, you know... I thought you'd be taller, Snake. Yeah. Which is a running gag throughout the whole Everyone thinks you'd be taller. I thought you'd be taller. And so the Hollywood Bowl is just the uh, the center place of sin, man. There is just sex everywhere. Yeah. Like, as opposed to, uh, well, it, the Hollywood Bowl, basically. Yeah. It's just how it is from, from two to four. It's like that all the time now. I would have to be, I would be remiss not to bring up at this point, uh, the music, the the soundtrack, not the score, the score is great, as usual, but the uh, soundtrack involves some very cool stuff, including uh, as, feels. yeah, coming up, uh, they're playing a Sugar Ray song, not, not Fly, this is back when oh, they yeah, kind of sounded like not, Rage Against, even, yeah. they sound like Rage Against the Machine or something, there's no fucking way in hell you would know that was Sugar Ray. <laughs> this was, uh, was RPM the song? It was, um, shit, what? Ten seconds down. Ten seconds down. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to go uh, for a for a like YouTube music deep dive tonight, find an early Sugar Ray, and you will not believe your ears. Yeah, yeah. It's you would. Yeah. It's like I said. They sound like Rage Against the Machine. It's phenomenal. But so they uh, there's a big old Cuervo Jones parade happening outside. Oh, I forgot the scene right before that though, because he's asking people around his way to Sunset, and this like sex worker comes up and is like, "Oh, sweetheart. Oh, are you new here, honey? Let me show you." Sunset's that way. It's just being all nice and motherly to him. Like John Carpenter sending a clear message, like even like among supposed bad people, there are still good people. Yep. And so there's big ass motorcycle chase. Um, and then I love the part where he, he gets cornered by all these guys and he's like, let's have a, a fight. Bangkok rules. I love this scene. So he takes this tin can and he's like, nobody draws until this hits the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Throws the can in the air, shoots everyone dead before the can even hits the ground, and then just goes, draw. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's absolutely something Bugs Bunny would do. It is. It just shows you that Snake, you know, he's going to get the job done. Then he meets Map to the Stars Eddie, played by Steve Fuscami. Map to the Stars Eddie has uh, this Randy Newman scored audio recording. That was yeah. Like, that like some really good exposition is uh, about the entertainment industry getting completely wiped out. You know, and Map to the Stars Eddie still wants to be a sidekick, but Snake's like, "No, fuck off! I don't need you." And then he goes to Beverly Hills while Maps to the Stars Eddie's like, "You're going the wrong way," because he runs into the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, fucking Bruce Campbell, prayed by it's- Bruce Campbell. This is before I knew who Bruce Campbell was, too. I was very familiar with Bruce Campbell. Like, I was like, holy shit, this is the dude from our... This is Ash. Yeah. Like... With some crazy... Surgeon General of Beverly Hills is my favorite ridiculous character in a movie full of them. I love the... This whole scene is just, like, creepy as fuck. Like, they have these, like... so fucking Cronenbergian, like... You have these cultists who are, like, kidnapping people for body parts. Like, it's amazing. I want more... I wanted more of this. This could have been a whole movie just by itself, like, because you had people who were addicted to surgery, they've had every procedure done to them, and they're just fucking monstrosities. Like, Bruce Campbell's makeup was, like, 
plastic chin, plastic cheekbones, and like doll hair. <laughs> yeah, genuinely creepy, unsettling. And uh, also, Valeria Galino shows up right around here. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Muslim girl has. Yep, that that's her her sin is that she was Muslim, and so she yeah. Was sent the here only reason she's there, she just had the misfortune of being Muslim in the Midwest. Yeah. Wasn't even a bad Muslim. Like, didn't eat bacon or anything like that. Just, she was m- Muslim. Yep. And she's, uh, her character's name is Taslima. There you go. Um, not that it matters, because as soon as they escape from the, the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, she's shot dead by a Korean gang. Korean gang drive-by. While they're having a conversation about the freedom. <laughs> of, yeah, because uh, she, she's, like, defending that Los Angeles is a good place, because it's the only place free left in the world. Another reason why I like this movie so much is because they just, like, as soon as the audience starts to feel like, well, okay, so I guess there's going to be a love interest. Nope. Blam. Nope. Blam. She is shot dead by a, one of those Asian gangs, I think. They were Asian. (laughs) The same gang that killed Sam Sweet. And then Mapton stars Eddie shows up and he's just like, hop on in. Never be brought to justice. No. They were speaking some language. I think it was Asian. But Map to the Stars Eddie shows up and gives him a ride. It's just a trick. He, he gets stunned with And one of one of many of Map of the Stars Eddie's double crosses. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. They become difficult to keep track of. He is a double, triple, quadruple agent at one point. And we learned that the uh this prototype weapon that Utopia stole and has given to Cuervo is called the Sword of Damocles. Because the president is a religious nut job. And everything has to be this bombastic religious imagery. Yeah. yeah. You can't just call it power code. It's a ring of satellites that can just throw an EMP bomb anywhere. But there's also a world end code where it'll just do a gigantic EMP on the world and kick everything into the Dark Ages. Because that's a good idea. That is doomsday. Yep. And they, uh, I don't know who has the line, but I wrote it down. Bend over, Mr. President. It's time for a spanking. Cuervo says that in the, uh, when he hijacks the video feed to yeah. deliver his message and his ultimatum. And so they, uh, Snake gets to enter the arena again, just like in New York. Only, it instead of fighting Zangief, he just plays fucking basketball. Yeah, they're in the yeah. Coliseum. LA Coliseum. <laughs> um, where and uh, Carpenter's just like, okay, so we can't do that? What's the LA version of that? I guess it's professional basketball. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the speech Cuervo gives before this. Like, you may have survived Cleveland. You may have escaped from New York. But here, we're gonna show you that LA, this fucking town can kill anybody! <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the entire <laughs> place... And they all start chanting LA... <laughs> L.A. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll fucking kill everybody. Um, yes, yeah, the death of Snake Plissken in this, like, fucking murder coliseum. Because it's not just the basketball. There's, like, other places where it's just fucking murder. There's side events where they're, like, fighting, you know, more people are fighting. Also, I love that the first guy in the basketball, he gets, you know, whatever, they shoot him dead. And then the guys come out with the towels, like when you see an NBA game, and they're, like, wiping the... <laughs> Wiping the uh, the floor down, like but it's small boys. But it's blo- instead of the sweat, it's just blood. They're like trying to pump the blood. Yeah, off. there's uh, this is just moving it around. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, because as they're leading him through this murder place, Snake just says, "This is insane." Which Querfo goes, "That's the point." 
the the Utopia says it's insane. Oh, Utopia says that. He says that's the point. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. Amid another fleet of cars decorated with a hot glue gun and a bunch of doll parts. Yep. So they, uh, the, this basketball game, it's just him in the arena, and he's got uh, 10 seconds to make each shot across the court. Yeah, it's basically him playing horse with himself. Yeah. And if he misses a shot, he gets shot. If the timer runs out, he gets shot. And we're told that nobody's ever walked off that court alive, but Snake does. He sinks the last ball from all the way across the court. Yep. Full court shot at the buzzer. Which and I'm thinking, like, if he doesn't have the uh, the virus, like he he wins that going away. Like it's not even close. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, how shitty is this virus where it can't even throw off your game? Like he he's only slowed down and has to make the full court because he's getting winded by the virus. Like if he's at full health, like he just casually cruises to win this. <laughs> oh, and uh, this is the extent of the coughing fit that Snake Plissken has when he's injected with an engineered deadly virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> That's him hawking his brains out. But then uh, Snake uh, is like, oh, you know, everyone's cheered for him. But then there's a big earthquake, so he's able to escape into the sewers. Right, as soon as he wins the crowd. Yeah, uh, Cuervo, uh, like Eddie goes, everyone loves a winner. This town loves a winner, and they betray losers just as fast. That was a line from the trailer where it's Steve Buscemi. "Ah, This town loves a winner. And Cuervo's like, we're going to Anaheim! Except Utopia. (laughs) Utopia decides she's had enough of this shit. She finally realizes that Cuervo is a crazy motherfucker. She even says, this guy's worse than my dad. point, you look around, see that you're uh, wearing uh, basically a bejeweled bra. You're kind of dressed like like Selena. Yeah. You're in a post-apocalyptic parade. All the all the convertibles have doll heads on them. Like, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> it, it, it turns out you really do fall in love with your father. Yeah. Because Cuervo's the same guy. Eddie turns on Cuervo to go with Snake, but then he decides to turn on Snake and shoot Snake to get the case back. Yeah, like... Cuervo wanted the head of Snake Plissken, and there is a funny scene where Steve Buscemi is trying to say, he's basically, yeah, he's, he's yeah, ba- he's dead, he's pretty much, yeah. And so, uh, he comes out of the sewers, uh, back at the beach, where he meets, uh, our good friend Pipeline, the played by Peter Fonda again, who's like, you should talk to Hershey. Oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, but it's all the way over there, how are we gonna get there? We're gonna surf. <laughs> Yeah, he's waiting on this way, because even, you know, 30 years after the fact or whatever the hell, they're still getting aftershocks from this earthquake that are still pretty substantial. So he's waiting on the latest of uh, latest and greatest of uh, of tsunamis to come rushing through here. At this point, they're basically using surfing as geology. Yeah, and they surf down Wilshire Boulevard together. It's ridiculous the, looking. The best scene in the movie. These fuckers are surfing down Wilshire Boulevard. This was the scene that really put sold it completely to me when I was yes. watching it as a kid. I'm like, yep, this is amazing. And they With catch the it. most craptastic green screen layering you have ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, it's terrible. But also Sweet Dick Dale song while they're surfing. Oh, yeah. And they catch up to Eddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they high-five. Him, him and uh, Peter Fonda throw down a little bit of, of high-fiving, and then <laughs> Snake yeah, and then goes he, up the Peter rest Fonda of the just wave. turns like you would in a vehicle. He's like, all right, I'll see ya. <laughs> Snake goes up the, up the wave, up to the top of the curve of the wave, and then jumps onto Eddie's car. <laughs> right into the convertible. Like, Fucking amazing. How many convertible accidents? Accidents are you people going to have to get in before you learn? 
Eddie decides to double cross Cuervo again and, yep, that's it. and take Snake to see Hershey, who was played by Pam Greer. Yep. My oh, first yeah. time ever first time I ever saw Pam Greer in a movie. I knew that she was I knew she was a famous and important actress, but I'd never seen her in anything. And Hershey I had already seen Bill and Ted's bogus journey at this point. Hershey is not named after a candy bar. Those are her pronouns. Her name is her pronouns. Hershey. Wait, is that what, was that what supposed to be? That is that? Yeah, Hershey uh, is the uh, uh, transitioned carjack. Yes. yes. Who is who is someone that uh, that Snake knew in Escape from New York? And this is 1996, and it's actually a rather decent look at trans people. Yeah, because she's very passionate like, about Pam, being dead. Yeah, named. Pam Grier's performance is like is like yeah, I'm a woman now. Do something about it, so it'll give me an excuse to kill you. Yeah. yeah. Does not like being dead named as Carjack. Yeah, it's kind of, he keeps doing that. It's like, obviously he's, Snake's still mad at her. For, for <laughs> to be fair, or she, whatever. Did, she did, she did betray him. Yeah. <laughs> She's mad, like he's mad at her definitely anyway. going to take more than gender reassignment to, for Snake plus going to drop a grudge. He's like, well, well, the president's, you know, if you help me out, the president's going to give me $1 million. She's like, I got 30 million greenbacks. And he's like, no, these are bluebacks, which we never get now, an explanation of that's this, this other if, currency. If I recall correctly, and admittedly my U.S. history is a little bit, um, little bit sh- shaky these days, but uh, bluebacks were the paper note of the Confederacy, if I recall correctly. Ah. Yep, paper note of Confederate money. Interesting. Uh, so it, it, between that and the moving of uh, the I want, presidency. I wonder why it sounded like a slur. <laughs> The, the moving of the presidency from D.C. to Lynchburg, I think, um, kind of shows you what the country actually is. I think they're implying that it's basically become the Confederacy. Interesting. So I, there's a little bit. I didn't know that at the time when I saw the movie originally, but I later learned about uh, Confederate currency and bluebacks and immediately brought up that scene for me. I'm like, oh, that's what they were getting at. Snake asked, well, well how are we going to catch up to, you know, get this case and everything in the, the limited time I have left? And one of Hershey's goons just goes, the Santa Ana's the night wind, death from above. <laughs> and, as, and as a Southern California native... <laughs> That was fucking hilarious because the Santa Ana winds are mis- first they're miserable things. Everyone's like, "Ooh, winds are cold." No, we had these fucking fire winds. <laughs> yes, flaming hot. These- yeah, the Santa Ana winds were name checked by both rancid and bad religion at certain points. <laughs> these fucking fifty mile an hour winds when it's ninety five degrees out, blowing hot air. <laughs> Like, yeah, here a wind chill. It's like wind heat. Santa Ana winds are fucking miserable. Yeah, like go stand outside for five minutes and feel like a fucking crispy Australian. <laughs> it's um, it's amazing, but I just love that. So every time the I you know the Santa Ana winds coming down here, I'm like the night winds. <laughs> every fucking time, death from above. Death from above. <laughs> And so they hang glide across the city to get to Anaheim, to Disneyland, which has been renamed Happy Kingdom. Surfboard, motorcycles. God damn it, we need another transportation. Throw and, that dart. And we have a ni- we have a nice little uh, little bit of uh, little needling from Map of the Stars Eddie here, where he goes, "Yeah, changed the place changed hands so many times. Eventually went out of business. The thing in Paris killed him. Yeah, because Disney had been having financial troubles in the mid nineties. And Euro Disney was an infamous." money pit its first several years yeah and they were changing hands luckily 
or unluckily, luckily for me, because the Marvel movies are awesome, and my kids love Disney stuff. My kid loves Disney stuff, but luckily they ride the ship. But uh, and now they're maybe the most powerful corporation on the planet. So that's that's another John Carpenter prophecy that's come true. But it was very funny. Uh, yep, yeah, and I have a I have a new pipe dream, and it's hang gliding into Disneyland. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, that'll never that. happen. But uh, maybe one day, a man can dream. Um, Man can dream. Eddie lands first, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Cuervo! I changed sides. I'm back on your side again." But he's not. He's he's double crossing again, and he pulls yeah. the fucking look behind you bit, and it works. Yeah, <laughs> he just does. they all like they go full predator on it, where they just like unload <laughs> all their ammo into nothing. And he, <laughs> he takes the so- suitcase, gets it to Pliskin. The big ass gunfight. You know, he's facing off against Cuervo. Everybody, all the all the heroes get into the chopper. Right. And uh, Mean- meanwhile, uh, Utopia has has uh, made it back to uh, her father, the president, who immediately sent- sentences her to death by electrocution. Yep. Um, she is being very gradually strapped into a wheelchair <laughs> or uh, an electric chair during this entire thing. Snake- Snake takes the uh, the trench coat he got stolen back, and he goes, I'll take my coat back, asshole, from the guy's corpse. I love I'm like, it is a really nice coat. Yeah. I mean, I probably would take it back, too. I, I definitely But I wouldn't put it on during the fucking Santa Ana winds, I'll tell you that. No, hell no. Oof. And too then, warm. And then when he's strapping his daughter to the chair, he, he says, For he so loved his country that he gave his only seditious child. Never mind that she had a second child that killed herself. Yeah, and that's why right. Utopia went into this spiral anyway. No long, no doubt, killed herself because her father is fucking insane. Yeah, so Cliff Robertson is just like the cold-blooded, just like just brutality of this character is unsettling. And while like I said, it feels too real. That's that my issue yeah. now. Like now, especially, it just and in '96, you know, you had the moral majority shit, right? The and like the counter, the backlash to the Clinton administration and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, had, you, like had, um, you, you had you'd seen people who believed they had the like like an in with God, but never to this extent. But it was certainly possible. And now it's even closer, and it's a little disconcerting. <laughs> It's way closer now. Yeah, it's creepy. That's not. It says we live in a dystopia now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, while all this is going on, the United States is being invaded by by Cuba and all these other countries that Cuervo has a hand in. Cuba and yeah, Brazil and I. I can't remember. There's basically everywhere in the world that's not the United States because People's the- Republic of Florida. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what the country has become, pretty much. <laughs> But the president's like, worldwide broadcast time, like at the end of Escape from New York. Only this time he's going to show America's power by activating the Sword of Damocles to take out the the invading army. And he pulls it out and he puts in the code and it just starts, Hi, this is Map to the Stars, Eddie. I love L.A. I love L.A. Yeah, <laughs> and then we see uh, Pliskin stand over the side, and he's he's gonna set off the the world code. So they order him to the, be shot. Uh, yeah, the the device that plays uh, Map to the Stars Eddie's audio tour, and the device that activates the worldwide uh, satellite network. Look, it's the same device. Yeah. They're little mini disc players. Yeah, uh, it's a very versatile machine. So they all try to shoot Snake, but hey, it's a hologram. And, he, and the, the lady who, like, scratched him in the first part of the movie goes, it's a hologram. And he mimics the line where she says earlier, he goes, catches on quick, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Feel good. 
And he enters the and world. That is code. an actress whose whose name I can never remember, but uh, she was also in uh, Swimming with Sharks with Kevin Spacey. Like she's really good and kind of underused in this movie. She is, yeah, because she is good in this movie. Like, there, there, the- there was a lot of room for that character to walk around. Like, if basically a more competent, more in control female version of Stacey Keach's character. Yeah, <laughs> and. So they're like, oh no, Snake, what are you doing? And he just goes, the name's Pliskit. And he presses the button to destroy the Earth. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, he's 666. Yep. Six, six. Yeah, he enters the world code. And um, What are you going to do? Disappear. <laughs> yeah. And then smokes the very last American spirit available in a soft pack. <laughs> yeah. Of course they're American. And of course they're American spirits, right? Yes. And um, Even Snake Pliskin <laughs> smokes the hippie one. <laughs> What, what's well, it's like it's it, you know it's it's almost like this like you know now America has a chance to not suck anymore, <laughs> right? Um, Everything's the, been reset. The spirit of America will be reborn within Snake Plissken. Yeah, that's kind of that's like the implication. I feel like that's the symbology there. Yes, I'm and analyzing the symbology of product placement. I, I am analyzing the symbology of fucking Escape from LA. That is something I'm doing. One thing I found interesting is way early in the film, before he goes into L.A. and they're giving him all of his equipment, um, and they're going through like, oh, here's this, here's that, here's these matches, and he's like, what am I going to do with the matches? They're like, oh, you'll figure out something. And then when he finds that American Spirit cigarette at the end, he feels all over for himself and he finds the matches. He's like, ha, I did need these. Yep. And then there's just this, welcome to the human race. The end. Love it. Love it. Love the nihilistic engine. I love this fucking movie so much. Yep. This is uh, probably, I haven't I haven't looked at my top ten movies of all time list in a while, but if this is not on there, it should be. It's I so like good. it. It's very, very over the top. Like, John Carpenter just went all out with this. John Carpenter this- said he thinks this is better than Escape from New York. He said that a couple of times in an interview, and he's happy that it's found success uh, later in its existence. Yeah, because like, it looks like he had probably the biggest budget that he'd ever had, and he used every fucking penny of it. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry for Memoirs of an Invisible Man and Village of the Damned, but give me a chance here. <laughs> <laughs> Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh, I forgot that was him. Yeah, I didn't even oh, know man. that was a movie. Maybe I, maybe I. Oh, dude, it's a it's an Invisible Man movie directed by John Carpenter, starring Chevy Chase and Daryl Hannah, oh, oh, and it no. basically oh, invented oh, no. green screen as we know it today. Oh no, that sounds bad. Uh, the the villain is played by Sam Neill. You should probably watch it at least. I once. do like Sam Neill as the villain, especially. Yeah, um, Sam Neill is always a good villain, except for Jurassic Park. <laughs> Yeah, the only time, I, the first time I ever saw Sam Neill in a movie was Jurassic Park, and so I always assumed that he was just like, always plays, it turns out he almost always just plays the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a rare turn, of, turn for him. Yeah, I went from Jurassic Park to In the Mouth of Madness just a few months later. <laughs> I was like, wow. This, but uh, yeah, sc- uh, go ahead. Great soundtrack, right? Obviously the score is great because, you know. John Carpenter, but like uh, the soundtracks, you got you got pre-fly Sugar Ray, you've got Tool, you got Tori Amos, you got Stabbing Westford, you got Butthole Surfers, you got White Zombie. So much good music from that era. It's like competitive with the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack, which I think came out the same year in terms of like 
awesome bands representing the era it was released yeah. in. Like, it's a it's a quintessential 90s metal mixtape. Yeah, it's great. It's phenomenal. Beavis and Butthead was a year later. Yeah, also I, has I White that, Zombies and Buff Butthole servers on it. I know that offhand, because my dad and I went on a trip to New Jersey and decided to I see fall. a movie, Sorry. and I argued about we should watch Beavis and Butthead instead of Jerry Maguire. Good call. Nice. You made the right choice. Yeah. It's funny because um, my parents did not let me watch Beavis and Butthead, like, on MTV, but, like, I think I think it was Gene. This Siskel Niebert gave it like two thumbs up to the people, and they're like, "Oh, okay, you can go see that." And I saw it with my friend, and it's an awesome movie. It is a very well made movie, like for two D at the time. Like it was, uh, it was huge. Very funny, and it's very clever. Demi Moore and Bruce Willis were a listers. <laughs> they were at that time. It, um, we'll probably get to do some more Carpenter again, undoubtedly. Um, I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? They Live is also pertinent to today we should do that oh yeah that that should be on our list for sure but yeah any last thoughts on escape from la i it's uh probably my my favorite my favorite uh part two of of all the of all the horror franchises that i've that i've loved uh it just had everything that i would want in like a, a crazy ass summer movie yeah it's it's such an incredibly fun movie like both of these movies this week is very hard for me to like i only have like whatever a page and a half i know it's usually i have like four or five pages of notes because what we watch is <clears throat> flawed at best this is just good like it's over the top it's fun it's got great performances soundtrack score it's got shitty cgi but whatever it's 1996 what do you want between the two movies, it has I it had... had the brutality of the thing with the sense of humor of big trouble in little china oh good yeah uh, between the two movies i had seven pages of notes typed um which is less than I about the same that I have for next week because next week's films we're doing Conan the Barbarian and our bonus is Conan the Destroyer. Do a little sword and sandals fantasy here. Yep. Um. Don't need to go over where to find us because if you're listening to the bonus episode, you obviously know where to find us if you're subscribing. I don't think we need to go over the the coffee. I mean, I think we would all prefer this movie over 5 p.m. Donut Shop Coffee. Yeah, I love this movie. Oh yeah, I was so happy. Like I finished watching this movie, I'm like, oh man, I'm so. I saw Cocaine Bear and then I saw this in the eve the same evening. Oh, what a great night of that's a magical day. It was a great day of movies. Oh, I, I was watch a week ahead, so I followed up Cocaine Bear with the Conan movies. From the side.